Hello, and welcome to this episode of Weird Flicks But Okay. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Eric. And today we're going to talk about the 2019 summer movie season. Ooh. <laughs> Which has been kind of disappointing. Yeah, a little lackluster, I suppose. And very unoriginal. Mm, that's been going around. Which might be unoriginal of me to say. Well, <laughs> it's a bit meta. <laughs> but... Yeah, a lot of sequels. A lot of sequels. A lot of remakes and sequels. And, yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to... Should we start? Let's just start. Let's just get right Let's into it. Right okay, into it. so Avengers Endgame. Mm. That's Avengers sort Endgame. of... Yeah, I think that that sort of kicked off the summer yeah, movie season. Yeah, let's say season. that opens the summer. Yeah, even though it was in April. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. It was great. I Mar- loved Avengers Endgame. <laughs> it was a quick three hours it was very long but i think it was uh it didn't feel long avengers endgame was i think the perfect wrap-up to the culmination of everything that we'd seen it's interesting because i feel like avengers endgame doesn't work awesomely as a standalone movie but i do feel like it works really well as the bookend to everything that's happened before it that's fair to say. I was very moved by everything because I've been with these characters for over ten years at this point. It's just crazy. That was a that was a crazy ride, and it was really good. I think it was definitely one to see, not one to skip this yes. year. I do think that sometimes it was a little heavy handed in its uh, kind of finality. Like it, it had the uh, like a Return of the Kings era multiple endings like super tons of lots of very and yes huge final ending moments feels like it concludes like five times kind of although Um, i do also like the way that it concluded i don't know if we want to talk spoilers or not i thought it was a good and it felt fitting it kind of came full circle yeah from the first film which was iron man iron man was the first one right yeah i mean if you don't count that and the Incredible Hulk were the, the first Hulk. two. I think a lot of people consider that the Hulk movie when they think about the Marvel universe. Yeah, well, it was one of the only actor changes that we had um, in the whole franchise. That's because true. It changed from Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo, which I think was actually a great change, even though I love Ed Norton. I other than like Terrence Howard being replaced by Don Cheadle, I don't think we had any substantial actor changes in that whole franchise which is definitely an unprecedented just thing um the, all those movies sort of strewn together and this this culmination effect uh we've never had i think a world as lived in as the marvel movies really i didn't want to get into spoilers either because like, yeah. if you haven't seen it it's definitely something that I feel like you should go into without them. If, if you, you haven't can. seen it, I'm surprised. Yeah, if you haven't seen it at this point, like you're probably not a fan of Marvel movies in general. Um, or you're just extremely busy. Yeah, or you just got a <laughs> lot going on. I've actually seen this movie multiple times now. Yeah, how many did you go to the uh, theater to see it? I've ended up seeing it four times, I think. That's crazy. It's just, it's crazy, yeah. I kept seeing it with new people. As long as it was, I, I never really got tired of it. I think it works really, really well as the wrap-up to everything that we've seen so far. Um, and it also is not at all the movie I was expecting at the same time. Really? Which is really weird. Like, very early on in the movie, something happens, and then, like, everything after that is just not the movie I was anticipating. Um, so it, it... Oh, Yeah. I know what you're talking about, and same. It's just, like, it was so bizarre. It just felt so different to me than anything that had come before it. Um, It felt so unlike Infinity War and the other Avengers movies. And that kind of, like, that turning point happened super soon. Oh, like, way early in the movie. And you know you have a long ways to go. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a bit of a ride, you're right. Um, And I think they are doing a re-release. Pretty soon here, or did they? They, they didn't already do did it. Actually, oh, they I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which I haven't seen, but it has extra footage, right? Which so, I would be interested in seeing. So, if you saw Avengers Endgame and you thought three hours wasn't enough, I have really good news. <laughs> yeah, we got some a big surprise for you. Uh, it's 
definitely very long, but it also never felt taxing to watch. And I, I think it it's such a special movie because it takes like a really huge stroll, like it very specifically takes like this huge stroll down memory lane and like revisits some of the biggest moments from like the past movies. Right, and it and, makes sense the entire time. It doesn't necessarily feel like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. Yeah. Which is good. It it does such a good job, I think, of encapsulating like revisiting all the things that we love about the the series up to this point and then also putting such an air of finality on everything we've seen up to this point. Uh, I really don't know what the future holds for the Marvel movies because... I think we're all kind of excited to find out. Yeah. I know that Comic-Con is next week, Yeah. I believe. Maybe we'll hear something. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, I think everyone's sort of on the edge of their seat waiting to hear what Marvel's going to do next. But They're always... I mean, at this point, they've solidified themselves as being like one of the most powerful things in the box office. And I think we're all sort of, we've seen so many successes come from them. I think very early on they learned how to fix any imperfections and DC could, I don't know, learn a thing or two from how they did what they did or just a stop thing trying or, two. or something. I don't know. Like, DC really doesn't know how to do what Marvel is doing right now. They um, don't. And it's tragic, but that's just the way things are. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, go see Avengers Endgame if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, and then one other movie, which we won't talk about for a super long time because we just did an entire podcast on it, uh, Midsommar. Yeah. Or Midsummer. Midsummer. I just say Midsommar, yeah. you know? That's how it's spelled. That's how I'm going to say it. It's how it looks. <laughs> so this is another one of our hits for this year. One that we recommend you go see. Even though I know we said we wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everyone, we still think it's a great movie. Yeah, excellent film. You should totally see it if you are into quirky, horror-esque movies. Um, yeah, or folk horror, or I don't yeah. know. There's a couple like subgenres where you might like this like, one yeah psychological manipulation horror or super trippy surreal <laughs> horror uh all of that all of that it's one for the books uh you yeah. should absolutely see it if you're into anything abstract or surreal or disturbing or traumatic and continuing on with marvel mm. another one of our go sees for this summer is spider-man yes. far from home which i have not seen but Eric, you have. I have. I've actually seen it twice now. I feel like I just keep seeing Marvel movies so much. Um, <laughs> I have a thing, you know, with spectacle movies. I feel like I I would rather see a big movie like that in the theater multiple times than go to some really good but, like, smaller indie movie. That's more of an intimate experience I feel like I can have at home. But the Marvel movies, I think, are always really fun to see. Um, and not just Marvel movies, but just big spectacle movies right these like summer blockbusters yeah they're just fun to experience communally i think um and on like a huge screen with a crazy sound system so yeah spider-man far from home uh was excellent i think as much as avengers endgame was sort of a series of closures on what's come so far in the marvel movies i think that Spider-Man Far From Home was sort of this perfect interim movie before we're like getting into the next phase of the Marvel movies and wondering what's coming next. I feel like this movie is almost uh, us all thinking that in movie form. Like it has this perfect vibe of like we're not over what happened. It's still fresh. The wound of, of everything that happened is still fresh. But we still have to find our way in in this, you know, unexplored new realm of things we haven't seen yet and we don't know what's coming. I think it did such a good job of tackling that and then also having, like, a really fun story at its core. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's awesome in it. Um, for those who didn't know he was in it, he he's in the trailers and stuff. Um, he plays Mysterio, and he's awesome in uh in that role 
there's definitely like a twist in the movie that I don't know how important it is to like your enjoyment of it if whether or not the twist hits you but it's just such a fun ride the whole time uh, I think Tom Holland is like definitely the best Spider-Man we've ever had. And I was gonna ask you who your favorite Spider-Man was, and I have to agree. I think Tom Holland is the perfect Spider-Man. Like it's it's crazy how good he is. I I feel like um, he makes the other ones look so much worse, and I didn't even think that when I was right. seeing them necessarily. As but much like, as we miss Toby. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Tobey Maguire was like the original film Spider-Man sort right. of. Right. Um, in those Sam Raimi movies and for the time I think those definitely were like a cut above what we had um, other than like you know Tim Burton's Batman movies as far as superhero movies go um, accessible ones because we had Blade and stuff which is darker sure um, but Spider-Man felt bright and colorful and stuff and I feel like um, the new Tom Holland's character it is such a perfect Peter Parker. Like, he looks the right age. He sounds right. He's super awkward and uh, talks too much. And he's a genius, uh, which Spider-Man's always supposed to be. But I feel like we don't necessarily see all of those sides of him. But I feel like Tom Holland has, like, all of the Spider-Man attributes in a single person. Not to mention he's, like, a theater kid and, like... Uh, professional dancer and stuff like you can tell that there's a physicality there that makes him a cut above the others as far as just like what he's even physically capable of doing as an actor um and the ease with which he does things uh so he definitely has like an awkward vibe but then he's also super physical and it all just works so well not to mention like i think his his uh chemistry with like zendaya as MJ is like really charming and works really well it's just super funny like I think it's definitely one of the funniest Marvel movies um seeing like the the teen humor and like all this stuff it just works really well I mean like with Marvel movies I think there's you know there's expectations of like the score is just gonna be what it is and cinematography is gonna be what it is and there's nothing like crazy special about any of those things but it all suits what you're seeing and it's just super fun it's enjoyable it's yeah. fun yeah which is fine yeah it's fine um i think that it was a blast i think if you like any marvel movies it seems like the spider-man ones are like sort of the easiest to like and um they're just so easy to he's such a recognizable character you can just like jump into the movie and you have a good time and it's it's super fun highly recommend it awesome so our next movie is Toy Story 4. Yeah. Which I saw. And I haven't. And Eric has not. So why don't you tell me what you thought of Toy Story 4? <laughs> I thought it was good. I mean, it was, okay, it was great. So Pixar, I want to say they can do no wrong. I mean, they've done some wrong, but they're pretty good. They put out good stuff. And I don't think that they would have bothered to do a Toy Story 4 if they didn't think it could live up to the rest of the franchise. I think a lot of people were very hesitant when they first heard about this because the third movie ended so perfectly yeah which i am one of those that thinks it just ended perfectly and i will say while i saw toy story 4 and i did really like it and i enjoyed it the entire time i still am not sure if i think it was necessary yeah it still would have been fine to just leave it where it was so it wasn't necessary but it was still good. It had all the charm that all the Toy Story mo- movies have had in the past. It was funny. And I maybe teared up like once or twice. Yep. Because it's Toy Story yeah. and slash Pixar. But not much more to say about it other than that. Yeah. Necessary. Not ne- I don't think it was necessary, but enjoyable nevertheless. Yeah. Pixar... I feel like they can kind of do no wrong, or at least to an extent. I feel like... I know. When we say that, I immediately think of, like, Cars 2 or something. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, Cars, we can we should probably just not think about, but... But generally, yeah. In, in general, they really just keep making incredible movies, uh, pun and not intended. Um, but, 
they they do that their movies so often have like a scene of such emotional resonance that they're so heartfelt you end up choking up yeah the music's always great um yeah they just have a thing that they really have locked into and i feel like yeah. they do it so well they're so lighthearted and fun but then sometimes they just destroy so heavy. you yeah. yeah i mean up was like oh my god that was so metal just like <laughs> how dare they flex on that yeah, on like, us so soon so quickly i just felt rocked to my core with that movie and it wasn't the only time i mean like definitely strikes again later on too um not that we're talking about up right now but just in general pixar's ability to manipulate my feelings yeah uh they're very good at that they do that really well yeah okay so that's sort of all of the movies we recommend that we've seen that we've seen and then we have kind of two others um that we have not yet seen but you probably should go see we should probably go see at some point so one of them is john wick three parabellum Mm -hmm. um and i have seen the first two john wick films have you i have nice did you like them yeah i did i think um i feel like they got overhyped to me before i saw them which made them feel less special but they they were fun they were definitely fun yeah i think the whole this is one of those movies where nobody was expecting much out of it yeah just like oh a keanu reeves action flick and they watched it and it was just so much better than they expected yeah so i think like definitely being a victim of its own expectations in some way but it still is just in general an enjoyable action movie at the end of it yeah and i do think it has its own unique twist to it as mm-hmm. well yeah i mean like keanu reeves is like the internet's boyfriend right now so i think that's true he... keanu reeves so hot right now yes yeah, so <laughs> um i feel like he is living in this like zeitgeist moment where anything that he touches and he's touching a lot right now <laughs> because like everyone wants a piece of him because clearly he is like uh, an icon of success. If he's attached to your project, it'll do well right now. Uh, but that to me is like a fleeting thing. And I think in like 10 years time, Keanu Reeves isn't going to be in the spot he's in right now. And you know, then the movie will be judged more for like what it actually is instead of how everyone just feels about it because they're all wrapped up in Keanu fever. Um, and I'm not saying like Keanu Reeves isn't great. It seems like he's a great guy at the very least. Uh, but you know, I never thought he was an amazing actor. Uh, if you've seen like Bram Stoker's Dracula, his British accent is so insulting. (laughs) Um, he, I don't think he has a great dramatic range. But I do think he has given 110% to the physicality of this role. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever, there's like tons of videos of him training for it and stuff online with like guns and knives. Yeah, I and think stuff. I've seen a few of that. It's pretty impressive. It's awesome. And he's, you know, he's clearly just really, really learning how to do this stuff. And it makes you believe that maybe a guy could pull off at least some of this. Um, I think John Wick's success is like a combination of skill and luck, really. But, yeah. I think there is something special about those movies because they're very stylized. And after the first movie, we definitely get more of, like, that there's, like, this mythology of, like, the John Wick universe. And there's, like, this secret underground world of assassins everywhere. And in the first movie, that's not super fleshed out but i imagine this one will be even more right it kind it kind of comes to the surface a little bit more in the second one and as you said i assume the third one yeah it just expands that much more yeah like further embellish the the john wick ethos or whatever but yeah so we have to see john wick three yeah um and then the other one really quickly that we have not seen but I'm hearing a lot of good things about is Booksmart. That's Olivia Wilde's kind of debut film. It's a Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a smaller release, but it premiered at I think which uh festival? I think it was South by Southwest and it was it was well received. Well received. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just about, I think, two best friends who are living their best uh before they graduate high school. It's just a coming of age film. 
another one of those, but worth seeing. Um, so yeah, those are all of kind of the must-sees or are approved films for seeing yeah. this summer. There's a few as well that are kind of middle of the road. Uh, the first one is Annabelle Comes Home. I'll touch on that one really quick. Okay. Yeah, so, I haven't seen this. So. Yeah. So, yeah, another installment of the Conjuring universe. Yeah, the expanded Conjuring horror shared Oh, universe. my God. What and is not, that? I don't know. So not only that, but, like, another Annabelle movie. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> what is this, this timeline? Is, this is madness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I will say that I saw Annabelle Creation. And I was really pleasantly surprised. Mm. I wasn't interested in seeing it. I thought it was going to be bad or yeah. very kind of blah, boring. But it was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it had some serious creep factor. So, honestly, give that one a shot. But anyways, that led me to <laughs> the decision to give this one a shot, which is Annabelle Comes Home. This one wasn't necessarily as much of a pleasant surprise. I mean, it was entertaining, it was kind of a fun little horror movie, but it didn't do anything different. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't walk out of there ready to recommend this, but I mean, if you see it, it's fine. It's not the worst, but <laughs> but you definitely aren't missing anything if you don't. So that's Annabelle Comes Home. And then second was Aladdin. One mm. of two Disney live action remakes that are coming out slash that came out this summer. Um, this was another one that was really middle of the road for me. I thought it was better than I expected. I know we saw a lot of clips, uh, before its release and some people were thinking it was going to be absolutely dreadful. Yeah. I feel like, um, the reveal of the genie, the Will Smith genie was, uh, shocking to people. Not well received. Not well received. Yeah. He actually was... Fairly charming as the genie, I thought. Yeah. I mean, Will Smith has a lot of charisma. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people, it's hard for people not to like Will Smith in a thing, like regardless of what he's doing. But... Yeah, so that was fine. He was fine. The movie was fine. <laughs> it wasn't bad. I wasn't super stoked about it either. And I will say, I do think, I almost want to say that this is kind of Jasmine's movie. I think that she stole the show. Interesting. Kind of. Um, and if you see it, I don't know. I'm interested to see what you think. But, yeah, just another live-action Disney remake. Yeah. How Were you, Were you like, really excited going into it? Or no, I wasn't. You are trepidatious? Yes, or, yeah. but I love Aladdin, the original. Yeah. So much. That's one of my favorites. So. How was Jafar? Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> this is another thing I didn't like about it. I didn't like the Jafar. I mean, it's just not what I would have pictured. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I haven't seen it, so I'm just yeah. asking you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought Aladdin was good. Yeah, the I mean, character. As you can tell, like, very middle of the road here. Like, yeah, just... no one was just super awful, but it wasn't anything spectacular either. Yeah. I do like in some of these... Uh, live action Disney remakes, how it sometimes I feel like I'm watching like a show on stage, which mm. I don't know. Kind of, it's like an old timey movie thing, too. I felt like an old musical. Sometimes I felt like you could tell it was a set, but not in a bad way. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And I saw that a lot when I saw Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Like that opening scene in the town. Yeah. I still I felt, haven't seen that movie. Oh. I saw the opening scene. <laughs> oh, okay. I have seen the rest of it, yeah. And I don't know, I kind of really liked that part of it, mm-hmm. and I felt the same about Aladdin. Sometimes I felt like I was looking at a set, but not in a bad yeah, way. Yeah, it's very set PC. Yeah. Um, At least the opening of Beauty and the Beast, which is what I've seen. Right. Um, there, It feels like they're on a soundstage. And I, I agree, I think there's actually something charming about that, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. I think that could easily be a turn off for people, but That's I think true. in the case of like, if the whole thing is being this nostalgia engine for like movies that you grew up watching, obviously not animated because there's no sound stages in animated movies, but old movies where they're like doing a musical and they're clearly on like a small set sound stage, and you can just tell that everything is like 
in a in a big room. Um, the the new movies do evoke that, I think, and yeah, I think I can see that being charming for sure. Yeah, so I like that part of it, and you know the color, the colors and set design. While we're talking about set, were cool. It was nice to look at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not much more to say. It didn't blow me out of the water. I don't. Again, I don't necessarily think this was a necessary film that needed to be made. Right. Um, but we all know that Disney's kind of pumping those out <laughs> lately. Yeah, that seems to be their new mo. Is yeah. just remake old movies differently. Which I don't even mind. I'm not super critical of them doing that. I just wish they were doing it in the absolute best way possible i guess yeah and you would think they would just because it's disney you yeah would think, like if they're gonna revisit aladdin they wouldn't half-ass it right it's it does seem like it was more of like a just a soulless like we're doing this yeah so and i think well. the fact that they're putting out so many in a short period of time like the fact we have two this summer yeah which is cool but i think it's making them look a little bit money hungry or something yeah it's kind of a not that I mean, it's like, I'm pretty sure they are money hungry well, because yeah. they're Disney and they're like, they own everything now. Exactly. But it, it definitely makes it overt, I think. Um, it looks overt at like their attempt at a cash grab. Um, but how were the, was the music the same? Was it like the same songs? Yep, it was. It was I mean... Same. There were very small differences, even in the same songs. You yeah. know, they have to try to put their own twist on it, but really, it's not. Yeah. It's not that different. They did have a new song. I think, like, every live-action film they've done so far has had a new song that they wrote specifically for the live-action version. I see. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's hard, too, to add in something new into a movie where nostalgia is like half of the reason you're there yeah it just it's just out of place yeah we don't need it i would say (laughs) unless you're like a little kid then you're probably seeing this because you like the original yeah exactly some people are probably going to into this with new eyes yeah but yeah so that's pretty much all i have to say about aladdin uh we have (laughs) we have two other movies that are kind of middle of the road. They got both positive and negative reactions. So it's kind of a, which one will you be? (laughs) First one is Detective Pikachu, which I actually didn't see. I didn't see it either. So neither of us saw it. Yeah. That movie was highly disturbing to me before, (laughs) before it came out. I remember seeing trailers and being like, why does this exist? What's happening? I thought the same thing. And then as we started to see more material, I think they were tricking me into getting excited about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. But not enough to fuse Not it. enough to go see it. Yeah. I, I just felt so disturbed by them even trying... It's like the new Sonic. Like, I just... Um, I don't know. I didn't know... I, I don't know why it happened. I don't know why <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is talking as Pikachu. I, I assume it's all, like, a fever dream and, like... The main character is like making it up because he's hallucinating or something and it's not real and he's like going into a dreamscape to like avoid the pain of his life or something like uh, spirited away style or something like that. Somehow I I have a feeling it's that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know man. I don't know. That's a weird looking movie. It is. The, I mean, the CG actually looks, like, really good, but I think that actually adds to how disturbing it is because, like, I don't feel like you're supposed to see what a Pokemon looks like in 3D. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will say that 10, 10-year-old me would be pumped yeah, yeah. about this. Kid me would probably just eat up anything Pokemon-related, and this would be super exciting. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you how excited I would have been. Yeah. But... But adult me... <laughs> Adult me is, meh, I'll wait until it comes out on DVD yeah. and then I think I'll see it. Maybe I'll see it at that point. That is a weird looking movie. <laughs> at least, you know, I will say, even though it's in the realm of like a franchise release, uh, it's not a remake and it's not a sequel. It's like something else. It is. 
So something else. <laughs> yeah, I I guess I have to give it credit for originality, even though I'm not excited to see it. Um, it's it's something. It's something, all right. And then the other one is Child's Play. We have a new Child's Play movie this year. Yep. Did we need it? Nope. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, another one that, honestly, neither of us have seen, but it looks like a split reaction as well. Some people enjoyed it. Um, and some people did not and thought it was unnecessary again. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe it's safe to say at least that it's like a bit more refined than like what was happening towards the end of the existing Child's Play movies. Oh, sure. Where we were just getting into like absolutely ridiculous camp territory. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the franchise started with a doll that talks and kills people, which is already ridiculous. Um, Child's Play has never been, like, one of my favorite horror franchises of, like, all the slasher franchises that came out of the 80s and stuff. Yeah, mine either, and Eric and I are both pretty big horror fans, so... Yeah. I don't know, I... He's no Jason Voorhees, you know? Yeah, no Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, he's no Mike Myers. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, not much... I mean, I know we haven't seen it, but I feel like... Either way, not much, too much to say. Yeah, uh, like, how could we even have much what, to say if we do see it? Right. Like, it's just another <laughs> child's play. Movie. Exactly. I'm and excited Mark Hamill's doing the voice. I, yeah, I was going to say, Mark Hamill's doing the voice of Chucky, which, that's a plus. He does pretty great voice acting. Yeah, he's great all around. Um, I really love Mark Hamill. Like, honestly, I want to spend this time just talking about how he was <laughs> the best part of The Last Jedi, even though, like... That's not what we're talking about right now. Just because oh Mark Hamill is... We can't even get into yeah, The Last that's a Jedi. Whole other thing. Because that's I a... could talk about that for a very long I time. I could too. Yeah, that movie is a whole thing. But, yeah. So I think, you know, Mark Hamill being the voice of Chucky is cool, but it's definitely not enough to make me care about this movie existing. Um Yes. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that, like, I went and was like, that's a horrible movie. Like, right. it's I'm... just like, I don't care. Like, Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure if I watch it, I'd kind of just walk out being like, eh. Yeah, it was a movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish that sound could be a movie rating. Yeah. Because I would give it, it to five, a lot. Five, eh, <laughs> Out of five. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's sort of our either wait till DVD or... You know, go see it or don't. <laughs> yeah, well, do, do whatever you want. Do what you want. The big shrug. With that. Yeah. Um, and then there's, there's a few movies that were, they got disappointing reception. Um, and probably just don't go see these. But I want to start with Godzilla. Yeah. Because I was so sad. The trailer was so good for me. Yeah, so disclaimer, we haven't seen Godzilla. Oh, yeah, yeah. We haven't Neither seen Godzilla. Neither of us have seen the new Godzilla. Um... We both saw the last Godzilla. Yes. Um, within this realm of Godzilla movies. Right. Um, and I think we both liked it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the trailer for this new one was pretty magnificent. Um, I loved it so much. Like beautiful, beautiful use of color and scale and, and cinematography in general. The music it. was really good. Um, it just felt really fittingly epic and crazy um and it had like this refined really developed visual sort of language that we saw from the first movie that carried over to this one i remember the first oh my god the trailer for the first one i still think the trailer for the first one's better than that movie um mm -hmm. the the scene of the skydivers coming down like, oh, yep. through the clouds and the music is um they use the music from 2001 of like all the dissonant voices and they come through the clouds and like they can't they still can't see godzilla but the lightning or something strikes and you like see it in the dark and oh my god just incredible so the artistic direction of that trailer which is a scene in the movie yep. is like beyond what i ever could have met i was so hooked from yeah. seeing that trailer and then i saw the movie and i was like it was pretty good yeah but that trailer was incredible. And mm -hmm. then this new movie, the trailer, again, was really good. Um, 
but the reviews have just been so mediocre. So not even mediocre. I've been seeing just terrible <laughs> really bad reviews. reviews. And I mean, I wasn't expecting a masterpiece. Yeah. Like while I loved the trailers, I was expecting pure just kind of fun like monsters fighting each other and it being like a cool visual visual spectacle at the very least yeah, that's I what love, i expected i love the original godzilla i love the old kaiju movies yeah like, I, they're so fun they're so you know they have this like latent sort of underlying message of like anti-nuclear stuff and like you know the idea that nature prevails eventually over mankind and technology and stuff yeah i think there's a lot you can do with it i mean while it's is just monsters fighting each other you can still there can still be plot or some kind of subtext there yeah yeah i think it's definitely there yeah there's there's meaning that can be derived from it even though it is a movie about giant monsters exactly but not all Godzilla movies are created equal. And um, I think, unfortunately, this movie just apparently has nothing to say, it sounds like. Um, yeah, word on the street is that there is no story. Yeah. It has nothing to say. Yeah. All the good parts were in the trailer. That's that's always the worst. <laughs> so I'll probably wait until this one comes out on DVD and give it a shot just because I... I don't know. I want to see for myself. Yeah, I do too. At the very least, if it's like pretty, I won't have had yeah, the worst time. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely am. I'm not now. I'm not excited about it, and I, that's really unfortunate because I was at a certain point, and then all the reviews came out, and you know, obviously, you should take reviews with a grain of salt, but they're right. so unanimous in this case. Exactly. It's like, oh, when it's God. like this, where it is so unanimous, yeah. it kind of my drive to go see it goes way down yeah um so i'm sure we won't have much to say about this next one but another movie you probably shouldn't bother going to see this summer is men in black international yeah why did that happen (laughs) other than that chris hemsworth and tessa thompson seem to be like having a bromance of sorts right exactly Um, um i'm sure that their chemistry is just as charming as ever yeah uh i'm sure there's Maybe minor moments of humor. Yeah. But that also depends, you know, on the writing, which <laughs> clearly the rest of it didn't work out. So yeah. it's not enough to save the movie. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. The first Men in Black movie was not even that great. Like, it was no. okay. And then they kept making them, and they've never been as good even as that. I don't then. care about the Men in Black movies. I said it. Yep. I mean, I liked the first one. Again, another thing that plays on nostalgia. I mean, I watched that as, like, a kid. Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid. I saw it in theaters. I enjoyed Aliens. I liked seeing Aliens when Uh I was a kid. Um, But what else can be gleaned from that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so not much more to say about that. Probably not. Don't need to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't need to see it. Just don't need to. And then another one that I'm kind of disappointed was not good. (laughs) is dark phoenix yeah the most recent installment in the x-men franchise it seems like those movies just can't get it right they just can't yeah they simply cannot which x-men is my favorite like superhero universe in the list of superhero universes i love x-men like i watched the show when i was a kid i read a few of the comics um (laughs) and i even enjoyed first class a lot yeah a lot of people i know did yeah and then i thought maybe they would be off to a good start kind of rebooting it because those first three were kind of eh, movies standalone as well yeah Yeah. so then they came back with x-men first class and i was like oh are x-men movies gonna be good now (laughs) is this a whole new world i was excited and then ever since then it's been kind of they've been kind of falling short um and then Dark Phoenix is apparently just an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. So you haven't films. seen it. I haven't seen it. I should say that too. Okay. I didn't see Dark Phoenix. People are despising this movie. They hate yeah. it. Yeah. Like I I haven't seen it, but I also 
didn't see Apocalypse, and I heard that was horrible. Okay, Apocalypse was bad, but I can't lie. As an X-Men fan, I still enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I might okay. be a little embarrassed to admit, but... Well, you know. It is what it is. It's fine. We all have guilty pleasures. I know that it wasn't good. Yeah. I enjoyed it still. Yeah, I still think X2 is the best X-Men movie. Um, I feel like... Even that, though, isn't, like, a great movie. I think it just had some of the best, like, spectacle moments and introduced uh, cool characters like Nightcrawler and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, which is always fun in the X-Men movies when you get to see a new character that you are looking forward to seeing, yeah. that you love. And I think more than, like, the Avengers or the other Marvel movies, X-Men is, there's just so many characters, like... Right. There, there's a billion mutants, and they all have a different power. And it's just like, oh my god. There's, there's so, so many so characters, much. and so much potential for even more characters. Yeah, it's just like never-ending. It's a lot. And arguably, the, the Dark Phoenix saga could have been one of the more interesting storylines. So I'm so disappointed that they messed this one up. Yeah. The best X-Men for me is always going to be the animated series from the 90s. Oh god, so good. The, the theme song... <laughs> So epic. I don't know if you remember it. I, yeah, I was going to start doing it, but it's I didn't so, like it. Uh, it's the best. It's yeah. the best like, theme song for a show. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that that was like the peak to me of X-Men. I really think the X-Men is like a product of the 90s, too. It feels very it feels Generation like X. It. Like, yes. it feels very of that time. And I think people who really like it, I think like... There's an aesthetic that goes with it, and um, I don't know if the, the new movies have really been like doing a great job of sticking to that or what they've been doing, really. But I know that the, a lot of the new X-Men movies have gone back in time, and they're dealing with like younger yeah. X-Men in the, in the past, in the 60s and 70s yeah. and stuff. Um, I, got, I can't talk about the X-Men movies without also mentioning how good Logan was. Logan was really good. Yeah. X2 and I should have said, sorry, Logan and X2 are my right. favorite X2. Even movies. though I know it was focused more on Wolverine. Wolverine, Logan, but it is an X-Men movie. It's yeah, just a it's really X-Men good movie. one. It's got it still has Xavier and other etc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, other mutants. Um yeah, I think Logan is really well done. Definitely like a standout movie. From an otherwise middling sort of franchise. Completely. Um, Especially after, like, X-Men Origins Wolverine was one of the most trash movies I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) Just, just garbage. Just garbage. Just absolute filth. And then to have Logan be, like, the follow-up, albeit quite a bit later, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's not... None of this is Dark Phoenix. So Dark Phoenix, we... We didn't go see it. Yeah. You probably don't want to either. If you are going to see it, I would wait till it comes out yeah. on DVD or a streaming service or something. I'm, I'm going to probably hate watch it when yeah. it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I, did, I wasn't even a fan of, like, First Class. I, 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 uh, I feel like... You're one of those. I have just not liked X-Men movies, like, consistently, with very few exceptions. Yeah, um, that's fair. Even, even like, Deadpool, which I think by extension is kind of an X-Men movie. You're right. Uh, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really have, like, much to complain about. I just didn't think it was, like, that funny or that yeah. good or whatever. I liked Deadpool, but I agree it didn't change my world. Yeah, and it, it seemingly changed a lot of people's Yeah, worlds, I mean, I get that he's so. sassy, but is that enough? Yeah. <laughs> I I also just don't think Ryan Reynolds probably is as funny as a lot of people think. Oh he is, no! Which is like, did you just say that? Yeah, I said that. I said it. <laughs> Everyone's heard me. Um, I don't dislike him. I just think, I don't know. You think he's overrated? I think he seems like the kind of person that's way funnier when he's not reading a script. Like I think yeah. he's improvisationally very funny. That's fair. And then I think he's not given roles that are funny or something. Yeah. All right, so that's sort of our good, bad, and eh movies yeah. <laughs> of the summer that have come out so far. Uh, we have a bunch coming up, some yes. of which I'm excited for. Yep. Um, so this week we have The Lion King. Yep. Okay. A little known movie. I don't know if yeah, you've heard this, of that. 
little known little indie film called The yeah, Lion indie King. Independent film <laughs> by Jonathan Favreau. Actually, I don't know if he's directing it, but I know he's attached to it, mm-hmm. which is, I'm not gonna lie, I'm annoyed by that because like he did yeah. The Jungle Book, and it's like, all right, are they just gonna use the same guy for every anthropomorphized Ooh, animal movie? Right, and um, okay, so this is another Disney live action remake. And oh my gosh, I don't know where to start with this. Um, probably one of the more beloved Disney movies, at least from our generation. Yeah, for sure. Um, it looks, it looks so bland to it me. Looks so boring. It looks boring, and I know they said before we saw trailers or anything, they had said it wasn't going to be a shot for shot remake. Sure. But from all the early screenings, kind of what I'm hearing. And I'm not going to say too, too much, but is that it pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> so what what they doing? So what are they doing? Why yeah. do we need this? We don't. We don't. That's the answer. Yeah. I don't know. I'm ho- I'm going to see it. Mm-hmm. This isn't one that I'm going to skip. I just... It doesn't grip me. Yeah. I'm not... I'm impressed, I guess, with the visuals, but not at the same time. Okay. I know that sounds kind of contradictory but it just looks <laughs> like okay. yeah. it just looks bland to me and boring i'm not excited it looks like they just took real photography but they like cgified it enough to make it look not quite real and it's like yeah the, all the light and color looks fake and it i feel like they tried to give it this like slightly desaturated look as like a stylistic choice and it just looks so bland like when you see natural beautiful photography of like a rainforest it's stunning like when you watch like planet earth i feel like planet earth is gonna be a better movie yeah and well also i think sure the setting is in Africa. Africa. It's sandy. Yeah, African. <laughs> there's a lot of sand, like desert kind of climate. Yeah. I know that there's there is also a little bit of jungle too, but and I know that that can maybe lean towards a more boring color palette if it's sand and rock when we're in that. But even the animated version mm-hmm. didn't didn't make, feel boring. Didn't feel boring. Didn't feel and it was still boring. right. It was still visually appealing. Yeah. I feel like I, I know for a fact I'll have eye fatigue watching yeah. Lion King, which is, like, really unfortunate. but Super unfortunate. Because you would think they would just be able to make it great. Like, um, I didn't see Jungle Book. Uh, I did. What, what did you think of that? I thought it was fine. Like, visually? I thought visually it looked good. Yeah. I, I mean, like, the animals are next level in Jungle yeah. Book. Like, the CG on the, is insane. It is. Um, they look photorealistic, basically, uh, other than their mouths moving like people's mouths or whatever. Right, but... which didn't even seem that bad. Yeah. I know that that can probably turn it into a more cartoony looking, but it's still... It <laughs> I don't want to say it looked natural because animals don't move their mouths that way, right. but as natural as it could look, yeah. it worked. They did it as good as they could. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't see that, but I definitely saw footage, and I was like, wow, this is super impressive. Um, And I feel like The Lion King is, like, probably of the same caliber of, like, CG quality, but it's... The color palette is just so boring. I don't know. It is. Visually, it just looks boring. I I felt bored watching it. Mm -hmm. A trailer, you know? Yeah. I yeah. felt the same way. People yeah. were getting excited, and I was just like, which Planet Earth episode is this? <laughs> yeah, because, like, Planet Earth looks better than this movie. Yeah, like, by yeah. By a long shot, I think. Just because of, like, really good cameras looking at natural stuff. Yeah, and from a film like this, you just want a little bit more spectacle. Yeah. Like, you want it to be photorealistic, but not boring. Yeah. You want to be taken a little bit out of the, um, the realism, I think. Yeah. If you're going to bother watching a spectacle film at all, I think, like, you want to have it be doing impossible things to, to an extent. Yes. Like, like, watching, you know, Avengers or Spider-Man, I feel like 
there's enough crazy stuff in my eyes that mm-hmm. I'm like yeah. entertained even though I know it's fake. Yeah. You don't want to make it so real that it loses its magic. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch what actually just looks like a bunch of animals <laughs> walking around. Walking around. Yeah. yeah. Like doing <laughs> Living their lives. Yeah. The shot of like from the trailer of like Pumbaa and uh, what are their two names? Those two. Timon and Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa like singing uh you know, in in the jungle, it's just like, I, why do I care about anything yeah. that I'm seeing? It's I feel like there's not a cinematic eye. Like it's just, I feel like even the photography is trying to look flat and natural because it's like trying to convince your brain that you're seeing something real. But it's like, I don't want to see something real. I'm watching the Lion King. Exactly. Like it's not the same thing. If I if I were to even you know, want to see that. It, I want it to be for that reason. Right. And I did love the original, like the anime yeah. one. So, yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to see it. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Um, also coming out this week is Crawl. Yep. Which is a movie about alligators. A movie about alligators. Is it alligators? Yes, it's not I think crops. it's alligators. Yeah, because it's Florida, I think. Yeah, so it's like a campy horror from the director of... Um, well, first of all, he did High Tension, which yeah. I just found out, which is a French horror movie. Yeah, Alexandra. Huh? This is yes, yeah. which I love French horror movies. It's another kind of subgenre that I love. So anyways, I thought that was sort of interesting that he did that because it seems like a big departure. A big that. departure. Yeah. Um, and then he also did a movie which is kind of more along the same lines as Crawl, which is Piranha 3D. Okay. <laughs> Let me say it. I love Piranha 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Piranha 3D, but I would totally see it. It's so bad. Yeah. It's like a bad good so movie. So bad it's good. Yeah. yeah, which I think is what this is supposed to be. Yeah, to an extent. And movies like that are so fun when they're not... Like, when they okay. do the badness right. Yeah, so here's yeah. a bad example of that. Sharknado. Okay, it's, I haven't seen Sharknado either, but... It's too too much of that. Okay. You, do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. They yeah. know they're a bad movie. Yeah. And they, we want a they movie... lean into that too heavily. Yeah, they lean into it too heavily. It's too yeah. heavy-handed. Yeah. I prefer, like, Piranha 3D, where it's bad, but you could maybe watch it and think they weren't being bad on purpose. Yeah. There's I a difference know. between bad, just bad, and, like, yes. entertaining bad. Yes. And whether or not it's intentional, there's definitely, like... Things have to be done in order for the, you to, to get there. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I would hope that this would be like a pleasantly bad movie. Yeah. So Crawl is another version of that. A bad movie that's enjoyable to watch because it's bad. Yeah. But it's also enjoyable. <laughs> it's also produced by Sam Raimi. Yes. Who is the creator of the Evil Dead franchise. Um, he's a huge deal in like the horror world but he's also very specifically like the sort of the grandfather of like camp horror. yes camp like, horror is yeah so i feel like this is a really good pairing for a movie like this i think so too and i'm pretty excited honestly. did you see drag me to hell yes so that was sam raimi yes um, and that was super fun i thought like it was really really campy and like i love how his horror movies always have a moment that should be horrific but it turns into like a kung fu fight for no yeah, reason yeah. Like, the fight between like the wit the gypsy yeah, lady and yeah the, ridiculous and the girl. it's just like <laughs> what is happening it's so ridiculous and it's one of those things it's so nuanced yeah. like i feel like you could show that movie to someone and they wouldn't understand that that's on purpose yeah they wouldn't think it's funny because it's not supposed to be funny and then they would just think this is a bad movie it's, yeah exactly. and you're like well you have to understand he's like riding a line of a subgenre he basically invented, which yeah. is like <laughs> intentionally completely ridiculous, uh, yeah. like almost slapstick comedy horror. Like it's such a specific thing, and uh, you know, by the he even you can see it evolve over his career because like the first Evil Dead is pretty straightforward horror, like super low budget horror, and then like Evil Dead Two is like full on like camp horror and then army of darkness is basically like a comedy movie Mm -hmm. that has like horror elements so i feel like uh his 
his sort of style of that evolved over time. And I'd like to think that Crawl's going to have some of that in it. Um, yeah, and then with the director of also High Tension, that's so interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. that movie and a lot of those French horror movies that kind of fall into the same category, they're really brutal. Super brutal, yeah. And graphic. The French horror movement of like that time was like super, super brutal. Yeah. So that mixed with kind of that Sam Raimi vibe. I'm really interested to see how this goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like I'm the most excited about this movie of anything, but I definitely am interested. I, I have always loved alligators and crocodiles. (laughs) Um, I feel like there's plenty of room to like legitimately be scared just by like the setting that they're doing. Mm -hmm. But then also I feel like they're probably going to have a lot of fun with like impossible scenarios yeah so i don't think also that i really described the plot of this movie that well but basically this woman is trapped in her house and there's a big flood and then then there's alligators there's alligators (laughs) (laughs) and that's it have fun with that that's the plot yeah so i think she's i think it's about a girl whose father or grandfather or something is like invalid or there's some Mm -hmm. reason that he's like can't help himself yeah she's trying to take care of him and then their house gets attacked by alligators yeah yeah it looks yeah this is kind of reminiscent too of like some of those movies from the 90s like okay the obvious comparison is like lake placid yeah like Like the giant scary animals anaconda is the other one so and just also like you know the shark movies we've been getting like megalodon and Stuff like that. The Meg. The Meg. I actually haven't seen that movie. <laughs> I haven't either. Um, yeah. So, Crawl and the Lion King, those come up this week. And then we have a couple more down the line. We have Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Very excited about that. Very excited. Um, I haven't been, like, thinking about it much, but I definitely am very excited about it. I feel like it's a bit, at this point, it's like normie to say that like every quentin tarantino film is amazing you know like it's just yeah it's so it's like a cliched opinion it's a cliched opinion to be like oh he's so good but i really do feel like everything he does is special and deserves that kind of yeah i love quentin tarantino movies i love tarantino and i think he's actually just kept getting better um over time like i I think Inglorious Bastards might be my favorite movie of his, but I thought mm-hmm. Django was so good. I thought The Hateful Eight was so good. Um, I agree with you, and I liked those movies too, but I think when I was watching The Hateful Eight, I still enjoyed it, and I still enjoy Tarantino, but I was almost thinking it was so Tarantino-y. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, you mean like he's <laughs> too wrapped up in his own His own style, style. That I'm just like, I've seen this a million times. It's too recognizable, but I mean, that's like a micro criticism because I still really enjoy everything that I see from him so far. Yeah, I feel like even though that's definitely true, what you just said, like, there's still no one else that's doing that. Or if they are, they're doing it at such a reduced, like, diluted amount that it's just not as good. Yeah. Um, So I was almost, I felt almost Tarantino'd out, but I think I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's the thing is I feel like the, the, his movies come out at a good pace because mm-hmm. I feel like I would it would be too much if he were releasing more movies than he does. But yeah, the speed at which he's going, I can tolerate it, and it feels fresh and cool again with each one that comes out. I do agree. So yeah, I'm really excited. I think um, you know the cast is obviously amazing. I think Margot. Rob, Robbie. Robbie is um, just proving herself over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think she... I, the first movie I saw her in is Wolf of Wall Street. And I th- yep. was thinking, like, is she just hired because she's gorgeous? And, like, you yeah. know, is that why she's Which you could movie? easily say about her, but... Yeah, but she's so good. Like, yes. she's so talented. She's actually good. Yeah. Um, and at... At so many different things, too. I mean, like, I feel like she's just been so good at whatever she does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about seeing her in this movie. 
Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one after it comes out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you know, Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio are obviously both awesome. Um, they kill it. They just kill it. In everything. In everything, they kill it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. TBD. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, which comes out in, that I had on my list anyways, which comes out in September that I'm excited for, is It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. You loved. I know. The other one. I loved the you first loved one. The other eight. And I also really loved the book. Yeah. Just a big fan. Yeah. I liked the first it a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um I think it, they did a great job uh updating that cuz I feel like as famous as the like made for TV version of it was before this with Tim Curry um it wasn't that good. Like um, it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> and also <laughs> it didn't age well. Yeah. If it was ever considered good, it didn't age well. I don't know if it ever was really, but it was all we had for an it right movie. Um, so I think that it was due for like a a real movie adaptation. Um, if. You know, Stephen King movies, or Stephen King books are so often interpreted into film. So, if it deserves one at all, I think, like, that was a great rendition. Absolutely. And I know we've talked a lot in this episode about, did we need this movie? Was this necessary? Mm -hmm. And this is one of those movies where I think it was. Yeah, I think it was more necessary than some of the other stuff we've talked about Mm -hmm. today. And I think it actually serves to be two movies. Um, Yes. Whereas, like, you know, The Hobbit did not need to be three movies. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's two movies. Or one movie. It didn't yeah. even happen. <laughs> yeah, this is two movies with a purpose. Yes. Um, so in the book, the story of when they're kids and when they're adults happens. You're reading it kind of in tandem with each other. It's all kind of meshed. And it works really well for the book. But I don't think that that would have been a good decision for the movie. Mm-hmm. So... You're right, splitting it into two. First, their childhood, and then seeing them come back as adults was the right move. Yeah, you can at least argue that there's like a function to that. Yes. Um, from a storytelling perspective. And I think Stephen King loves doing that. That's like one of his favorite things is talking about like a thing that happened when they were kids mm-hmm. and then they're adults and they keep thinking back on what happened when they were kids. That's like his favorite trope, yeah. other than just having monsters in yeah. stories. <laughs> Um, so I think that something that's really special about this movie is that it moves the timeline up of the original of the book so that like, yes, because in the book, when they're kids, it's like the sixties or something and they're adults in the the eighties and now they were kids in the eighties and now they're adults now. Yeah. Modern, Um, kind of more modern day take on it, which I like that. I think it works. And, um. I think that, you know, it was sort of in vogue, I think, when the first one came out to do that, the kids in the 80s thing, because that was such a trope of filmmaking anyway. We had, like, the Goonies and stuff like that. And then Yeah, it was kind of a beloved trope that died out for a while, and now it's making such a resurgence. Huge resurgence. I mean, Stranger Things brought it back hard. Exactly. Like... Not just that, but, like, specifically, like, the Stephen King thing. Like, yeah. Stranger Things feels so much like a love letter to, like, yes. that world of storytelling. Stranger Things mm-hmm. and, like, Super 8 comes to mind as yeah, well. Yeah, Super 8 for sure. Yeah. And you and you get the impression that J.J. Abrams really love, like, looks up to um, Steven Spielberg as, mm-hmm. like, a reference point. Yes. And, you know, you look at, like, E.T. and Goonies and all these movies that were so beloved and they were of that type and then that just stopped happening for so long um but yeah i feel like stephen king is like one of the definitive storytellers that like uses that convention of like kids going through something that's very adult yeah and and yeah kids as the main characters as protagonists yeah and he doesn't treat them like idiots he treats them like people and i think that that's really special it definitely is unique because like so often kids just seem like dumb like tag-alongs that have to be like taken care of in movies and stuff but 
in these movies the kids are the heroes and they go through so much and they're they're so empowered I think for that but yeah I think the new one's gonna be if it's a continuation of the last one I think it's gonna be great um because I really liked it yeah and Bill Skarsgård is so good as Pennywise as Pennywise yeah nothing against Tim Curry because he's great too Tim Curry is fantastic but this is like this version yeah this yeah. is Bill Skarsgård's calling. I think, Absol- like absolutely. Being this horrifying. I, yeah, clown. he was born to be Pennywise the Clown. Yeah. That stare. It's really something. Yeah, so that's that's probably one of my more anticipated films. Yeah. So there you have it. That's our takes on movies that recently came out, movies that are currently out, and movies that are upcoming. Um, both the good and the bad, and the in between. Um, we have shared our opinions on the movies we've seen we've shared our prospective thoughts on the movies that we haven't but uh yeah i think that pretty much sums up how we're feeling about the movie scape right now yeah and we have we have a few things to look forward to yeah so this summer movie season wasn't a total wash i don't think yeah and there are also movies i'm looking forward to down the road that yes we can talk about later absolutely well. um, um. And we'll go more in depth with movies as we see them as well. And sort of the ones that are super stand out, we'll talk about in depth. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And if you have any questions or comments or anything that you want us to talk about, you can email us. Yeah. Please at us. Yes. Or you can at us at weirdflicksbutokpodcast at gmail.com. All right. So that's it for today. Uh, Till next time. Peace out. Bye.